it's me, Sean Capri. My voice is back, so you better watch out because I'm never coming down from this pitch and tenor and tone of my voice. And I'm on a Skype call with my friend Luke Lord, the insipid ghost. And you're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. So, uh, Luke, why don't you turn that dial into the Xbox Drive and we'll talk about a super exciting, awesome announcement that is made possible by everybody's support. Bob! Greater than X. Hello, Sean Capri. Hey, Luke Lore. That wasn't obnoxious and uh, deafening for anybody. How are you? It's never been obnoxious or deafening for anybody. There's never anybody that's been to like, hey, you know what? This opening of the show, I don't know about Definitely it. zero people have, have mentioned it specifically. That's for sure, right? Yeah. De- definitely not me. Mm-hmm. I sure haven't. <laughs> <laughs> good to talk to Sean you. Sean Capri, it's Luke good Lore. to talk to you. It's good to talk to you, my friend. You You're what? back in your streaming mojo. We're I'm playing good. video games. I'm good. Oh, it's good stuff, man. Life is good. I, you know what I really enjoy about the beginning of our show is there's no doubt who is who. Sometimes you have podcasts, you're not really sure, especially if you first start listening to it. You're like, I don't know, is, mm-hmm. that, is that Chris? Is that, mm-hmm. is that Gregory? Uh, you're never really mm-hmm. sure. But we do a raid the start. Mm-hmm. You're Luke. I'm Sean. Let's go. Uh, I prefer insipid. Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Ghost. Pedestal. Oh, yes. I'm sorry, yes. Mr. Pe- Mr. Ghost. So, so some people call me insipid mm-hmm. because that's the first part of my name. It would make make very much sense. And I don't think they realize they're calling me stupid when they do it. And yeah. it happens like in in chat rooms mostly. Like when I go like watch other people's streams or something, they're like, "What's up, insipid?" I'm like, "Don't you say that." You don't. That's they don't even rude. know how ironic that is because they're calling you stupid, but they don't even know what insipid means. So that makes them insipid. I know it makes me feel oh, great. This is great. This is yeah. Everybody understands this. It's true. It's true. Um, Sean, I have had a ball playing Lost Planet. It's on yes. back from Pat. A little more Power Rangers. Oh, Power Rangers! <laughs> let me tell you, Sea of Thieves. And you've got written down. You played Black Paradox, Near Automata. Uh, we got so much to talk about. Borderlands Three stuff. Scaleman. Let's start with Black Paradox. I want to know what it is. I was not prepared for this at all. Holy crap! I'm still getting onto the to the freeway, getting onto the the, the parking lot. Because in case you guys didn't know, I record this in my car while I drive. Um, dude. The Black the black Paradox is an ID and Xbox game uh, that everybody should be playing. Um, Garrett Bland, I showed this on my stream last night, and he's like, I think I'm starting to understand the types of games that you like. And for, mm-hmm. for the uninitiated, uh, Black Paradox is a side-scrolling shmup. You fly a, a flying DeLorean mm-hmm. <laughs> with guns, and it's mm-hmm. like this crazy mix of, like, Twisted Metal meets Contra meets Dead Cells because there's a... And it's all in space. It's a mm-hmm. roguelike game, so you're essentially trying to go as far as you can in a, in a run against... Uh, I think there's maybe eight bosses. And everything's mm-hmm. procedurally generated. The only things that are constant are the bosses at the end of the run, but every time you start a level, it's going to be a mix of various enemies with different, like, different other vehicles, other cars and things with different lasers attached to them. And mm-hmm. um, I thought that... I thought I didn't like roguelikes. I think that the 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 nature of losing all your progress altogether sounds really awful to me, and the fact that everything is made up as you go also sounds awful. But it turns mm-hmm. out that in some cases that this is okay, and this shmup thing is is one of those cases because I never have to worry about where to go because it's on rails. Mm-hmm. It's um you're going left to right. It's it's essentially doing the driving for you. So the journey along the way is always different. I find that to be really exciting um 
as I, I made my first my first playthrough, I thought, sorry, like in the music, it's got like this 80s neon type of jam going on in its art style and its, and its music got a really good beat to it. You could jam out to it a little bit. And I, th- mm-hmm. I thought I understood sort of like what the game had to offer until my second playthrough. And I'm like, okay, here we go again. I'll get my rocket launcher power-up. And it wasn't a rocket launcher power-up that was waiting for me. The power-ups are procedurally generated as well. So every time I played, I was getting grenade launchers or boomerang shots or like a helix type of gun. Like um, It's sort of like a bunch of guns from Contra. So it's mm-hmm. really, really cool. Uh, this is like an arcade type of experience if i ever seen one. And I'm just really loving it, man. It's, it's hitting all my checkboxes, if you know what I mean. The game is called Black Paradox for anyone that missed it at the beginning of the show. And when I watched Sean play, I had kind of echoes of when we talked about Skyforce Reloaded a while yes. back. But it sounds to me like that's only initial. There's way more to it, like systems in play that you don't get at just first glance. Yeah, you're you're getting currency and money or whatever the credits are, space bucks, I'm sure they're called, uh, as you go mm-hmm. along. Every, any, every enemy you, you kill and you get a bunch when you get through the different bosses. And so with that money, you're upgrading your ship. with, And so that's the part that stays persistent throughout. Even if you die, you're able to upgrade your ship with um, various chips that are installed. Mm-hmm. So you can have things that, like there's a, right now, I'm still early on. So I've got chips that do like 1% regeneration rate. Uh, or I steal life um with a various probability or one out of every hundred shots shoots a, a home seeking missile. And, and it's funny because these small little power-ups don't sound like they're going to do a lot, but as you start to add them up, I'm getting mm-hmm. further and further along. I'm beating, like I get stuck on one boss until I'm able to upgrade my ship a little bit. Then I can move on to the next boss. So it's mm-hmm. challenging. It's a bit of a grind, but it's so fun that it doesn't feel like a grind. And it's so different that it never feels repetitive. So this is just, it's so much fun. I, uh, You and I were looking at some of the idea at Xbox games that were coming out last week. And mm-hmm. uh, you're like, anything interesting? And I'm like, usually I just go like, what do you, whatever you want, man. You're like, you, you, you snag whatever you like. And I'm mm-hmm. like, this is a Sean Capri-ass game. I mm-hmm. knew it right from the trailer, man. So if you guys are interested at all, I encourage you guys to check it out. I'll be playing it on stream. And um, I know that I, I think a few people watching were like, I got to get my hands on this. So good times, man. Oh, I love hearing that. I love hearing that. And, right? and we talk a lot about... We, we, one of the very common questions we get on the Xbox Drive is, hey, what should I check out from Game Pass? Or I'm mm-hmm. just getting this. Or what are some gems or, or some games that, that maybe I should, I should know about but I don't? And it sounds like Black Paradox is one amongst many um, that are available there. It is. It, and it's such, a, it's such a back to basics type of game, but with a modern flair of the whole like, uh, procedurally generated algorithm based mm-hmm. stuff. So very, very, very cool. I love that that's a mix. And if I know that for a lot of people, they hear roguelike and they, they automatically turn off. But mm-hmm. I would argue that this is probably the most, uh, this, is, this is one of the genres where it actually works. I'm glad to hear that. And because we get that kind of question and we, we all often wonder about the journey and approachability, I was. Glad to see that Xbox put in. They're doing something called ID at Xbox Game Fest for the next, uh, for the course of kind of May the seventh through twenty seventh, mm-hmm. where they are going to spotlight different ID at Xbox titles, and you know the idea like you'll have Night in the Woods in there, Firewatch will be in there, and also newer stuff. But it's just ID at Xbox games that people need to see. They need to be front and center again, and it's it goes back to that initiative that we talked about a few weeks ago with ID yeah. at Xbox Game Pass. Again, gosh, the name kills me. <laughs> But but in truth, the idea that they're putting spotlight on these games, I like that you've done that with Black Paradox, and I like that there's another avenue for people to check out smaller titles that are worth your time. 
Big time. Well, it's the whole Summer of Arcade. That's why people love Summer of Arcade way back in the day. We There are so many games. Mm-hmm. We talk about this all the time. Trillions of games. So, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Trillions. Trillions, Trillions. of games. Squillions. More, more games than there are guns in Borderlands 3. Oh, Which, yeah. by the way, got a gameplay reveal. And no goodness. That's exactly what we're, everyone's talking about is that gameplay. Uh, nothing the, else related I, to Borderlands. Jo- <laughs> Just else. the gameplay. And, I, I joke about that for anyone that's that's unaware or under a rock or doesn't have social media. Good on you, yeah, by the totally. way. Uh, Borderlands 3, the gameplay, uh, so many streamers and influencers and p- content creators that have experienced it seem to be raving about Borderlands 3's gameplay. They say it looks great, it feels fun, there's a lot of versatility. Um, I was listening to a, a podcast called Loot Drops with Destin Legary and uh, Dantix and, and some guy named Eric's, and, and I very much enjoyed their their show. And they were talking about how how Borderlands 3 fits in a world of of Anthem and of Division and in this looter shooter world because mm-hmm. Borderlands started kind of that genre uh, sure. to it to a certain extent. Um, and it, before it wasn't always online. So it, it's nice to see that Borderlands 3 is entirely playable offline. It's got multiple planets. There's more gore in it. There's uh, a modified leveling system that can be traditional for Borderlands fans or mm-hmm. more modern like the Division. Um, but no one seems to be talking about the Borderlands 3 gameplay. They're talking about uh, Randy Pitchford's social media antics, and that can be awkward and frustrating when you just want to know about the game or if you want to delve into that that bigger narrative because it's distracting one way or the other. It is distracting. Well, I mean, it, it could be good and bad. I, I'm, I'm wavering here, and follow, me along, follow along with this. I start mm-hmm. to think about, because you said um, the gameplay looks solid, everybody's loving it, and like as you're saying that, I'm thinking, it's no surprise. Like Borderlands is a solid system, and, and from 1 to 2, those mm-hmm. games made such a great jump. So I'm not mm-hmm. surprised, and so from a, from that perspective, it almost seems like it needs a little like kick in the butt and a, a little extra flair to catch mm-hmm. people's attention, because there, there, there happens, there's this thing that happens when when games or franchises reach a like a, a consistent level of quality, I think Forts is a good example of this, um, mm-hmm. where it becomes unexciting. Where you're just like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, like of course another Forts is coming out, and of course it's high quality. It's not exciting anymore. Uh, yeah. I, I we would just got the Call of Duty announcement. We know Call of Duty will be uh, at three, and it's it's coming example. out this year. But mm-hmm. but I mean, you know, like I wasn't excited. I like Call of Duty Black Ops three, or I'm sorry, four. I like Call of Duty. I, I like that the campaigns. Like I'm excited for it, but like I'm not like. I wasn't. I wasn't like. Let me see the trailer. Let me find out. I didn't. That, I didn't care. Doesn't that suck? Like, doesn't that like? It's the opposite of what I think we all strive for. We all kind of complain and acknowledge that social media and that the the conversation surrounding video games is generally negative. And so when we get these gems, these ones, these games that we can actually count on, the ones that we mm-hmm. know are going to be good, why can't we celebrate that in just as loud, if not a louder way? That's sort of disappointing um to me but whether or not there's a there's a i'm sorry to interrupt but no, i do want to point don't. out we often have to or at least i have noticed quite a bit in, in 2018 19 yeah. that i spend more time defending games i like yeah as opposed to celebrating yeah. games i like that's an interesting trend to note mm-hmm. that's that's right along lines with these things and i i um so it's so whether or not the, the distraction of randy pitchford is going to hurt or maybe even help just by giving it a little bit of of spotlight similar to the dead cells review from an ign reviewer last year mm-hmm. not exactly a positive experience for really anybody involved but i think certainly it helped to um, spotlight that game among others so mm-hmm. one um, wise man once said uh there's no such thing as bad press and um i think this might be an example of that so hopefully it, it finds success among all the yeah, all these things it, it really might be because i think borderlands is old hat a lot of people are like oh borderlands i'm either in or out but right? 
I mean, I, I, as I talked about a few weeks ago, I went back in and played the game of the year, and then I went back into two, and I, I think it's just a great franchise. Um, that unfortunately, those things are distracting, and it's its own, it's its own beast. And I'm curious to see, you know, amidst riot walkouts and uh, riot games walkouts, and then uh, things yeah. like Anthem developers crunch culture for Red Dead Redemption Two. So many conversations can be had about developers. Uh, we sometimes forget why we're here, and that's something we say a lot, you know. Yeah, and I, I would also say, uh, you know, that the the saying of um, "there's no such thing as bad press" is a very old school saying. I feel mm-hmm. like consumers are a little more woke. Like, it's a new generation of people who will very loudly vote with their wallets. So, and, and, the, and they're more in touch with exist. those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. we should also point out, like, that we just talk about voting with your wallet. EA just announced um, revenue, and they were four, four point some odd billion uh, dollars in revenue down from last year. And a lot of that was attributed to the the loot box controversies surrounding Battlefront Two, yeah. uh, which is which is interesting. You know, I mean, there's just it's such a complex web that gaming has now become mm-hmm. that that is why I think it's fun to have a show and have conversations, have uh, all different types of looks into it. I mean, Scalebound. One of our news segments is about Scalebound, in which case we are now seeing Platinum Games director uh, Atsushi uh, Inaba, and I apologize Nailed for the pronunciation. Yeah, totally. Um, he came out and and said that there was problems on both Platinum Games and Microsoft's side. This was yeah. not Microsoft's fault, which I think is the the opposite of the narrative that was woven and the tale that was told uh, when Scalebound was canceled. Everyone was mad at Microsoft of when course. the game director is now saying, hey, we had something to do too. And I, I don't usually read quotes on here, but if you'll allow me, I do have I do want to point out one thing yeah. uh, that he said. This is uh, Mr. Inyaba speaking. He says, quote, there were a lot of painful lessons, but that helped us grow as a studio. We obviously can't go into details about it, but because there are rules of engagement as a developer, we want to make sure that the publisher who gave us a chance to make the game in the first place isn't treated poorly the truth is we don't like to see microsoft taking the brunt of fan ire because game development is hard on both sides and and both sides learned lessons for sure uh end quote and there's plenty more uh to find and he he acknowledges problems with with platinum as well as microsoft and i thought that was a good thing to remember perspective is something that you and i strive for yeah one it speaks to the thing that we've been talking about a lot lately is like can we just at least ask for the other side of the story can we just that should be our number one question of whenever we hear one side it's like well what does the other side say or at least consider it if it's not mm-hmm. being presented at least consider that there may be and try to give um one party the benefit of the doubt no matter who that is the other mm-hmm. thing that i i love about this is that it um it acknowledges a, a future relationship between platinum and xbox i think that that's sort of like maybe it's saving face a little bit to mm-hmm. say Platinum. Well, there was worry. Yeah, we for sure. Worried. That 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 was it. That that was over. So this is a nice, very public way of of making sure that the two can work together, and and perhaps there's there's still um, games for them to collaborate on in the future. So I, I thought they did a number of different things with this, and I I'm really appreciative of it. And hopefully people can sort of like peel the layers back and appreciate all of it all at once. It's it's very rarely so cut and dry hero and villain and uh, this is another example of it and it's it i like what you said it, it saves face for future projects yeah. because in my mind the two were done working with one another for right. whatever reason i thought it was going to be a mostly nintendo platinum conversation mm-hmm. um with bayonetta and i think they have one more very similar style coming out and i was just like oh man uh, but it, it, it's a good 
uh, step in the right direction towards something new. And I don't care if it's exclusive or not. I just want I want good games to be available to people. I just like how open and honest that is. Like it's okay that 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 there were there were, there was fault to be had. I love mm-hmm. that, and I think there's a lot to be learned from that. It's like I don't know if this is trite to say, but like it's a certain level of like Japanese transparency about the, the accountability that they feel to their stakeholders is is very special. It's very it's a very unique flavor of that. Mm-hmm. There's there's transparency, but it's mostly PR talk. I would say in the North America North American mm-hmm. relationship, but there's this there's this connection to gamers that uh, Japanese developers seem to have, or at least from that's what I perceive anyways. I'm not sure if that's entirely true, but I, it, that's what I've sort of, as a Nintendo fan as well, I've sort of noticed that as well. Like, they often, when, they, when, when a game is delayed, they apologize for the delay. Like, it's, mm-hmm. I don't know, that's just an example, so. Yeah, yeah, that's something I want to process a bit, because, I, I like, in my mind, I immediately jump to outlier examples, good and bad, and I'm like, sure. hmm, wait a minute, but I want to process that, because that's an interesting thought, uh, for sure. Uh, another really cool, just feel-good story, Sean, is when you dropped in here that Xbox has patented um, what looks to be a controller for the visually impaired mm-hmm. that comes complete with paddles, uh, a bump matrix, braille characters on the controller. And while this isn't made yet, this really goes to the spirit of the adaptive controller, inclusive gameplay, and it blows my mind that this is... Uh, something we're seeing because I don't even know how to create a game for the blind, like in my mind. Yeah. But that, or the visually impaired, I suppose, uh, severely visually impaired. But it's just so cool to see that this is something that people are considering and working on. This is, um, if you'll allow me, this is a, a quick shout out to the previous co host of the show, Dave Moore. I would love to hear his thoughts on this because. Um, because of, he's visually impaired as well. Very interesting stuff. I love that the the central principle of Xbox seems to be gaming for everybody, and that sounds like this. We're taking over the world, like very, um, like a takeover, a corporate takeover. Uh, but I love how it's sort of manifesting in this very benevolent way. Uh, benevolent, yeah. Uh, in that, it's 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 inclusive. It's allowing everybody who who have um, hurdles to jump over to, to become included. That the the barrier to entry is being lowered all over the place. I love the adaptive controller. I love this. I love how creative it is. Like, mm-hmm. how do you even... Who even thinks of that as being something that you can overcome? And here we are, um, very familiar and on brand in terms of the adaptive controller makes sense that this be the next step. And the paddles on the back of uh, what looks on the on the patent, very similar to the, the Elite controller. So everything mm-hmm. just seems... It, ever, it all seems part of the same family, so it all just seems to be clicking. As much as we make fun of all the naming conventions of ID at Xbox and Game Pass Ultimate and uh, Game... I don't even know them all. I can't even keep them ID at Xbox Game Pass. That's the one I was trying thing. to say. <laughs> this all seems to be on brand as well. And I have a, I have a huge amount of preaching because that's very tricky to do. Um, mm-hmm. To make things work in a business sense, to make things work in an inclusive sense, and um, they seem to be just nailing it. So um, I can't wait to see an actual design. Be interesting to see if they they spotlight anything in in this sort of like adaptive, inclusive market at E3. Um, mm-hmm. But very cool patent, nonetheless. Interesting note, oh, what you said there towards the end. Uh, we're recording this on May eighth. Which means that we are, I believe, officially one month away from FanFest and E3. Oh my god, dude. I know. I can't believe four weeks. Four Mark your calendars. Weeks. So, in general, I think the obvious question has to be uh, what do you expect to see at E3? 
Dude, I think that we're going to see some xCloud stuff. I actually wouldn't be surprised if we see a similar, um, if we see something similar to what they did with Scorpio, like a bit of a tease, um, mm-hmm. maybe a price drop on uh, the SAT edition. What do you expect to see? Um, frankly, I expect to see a lot of flashing lights, Yeah, uh, a whole lot of premieres, gameplay stuff. But honestly, if there's one thing I want to do, it's yeah. take a selfie with you next yeah. to that stage in yeah. that crowd. Yeah, man. Yeah, we should totally do that. We should totally you do that? wrap our arms around each other and take a selfie. Maybe I'll give you a little smooch. Yeah, let's do that. Let's okay. do that. Okay. All right. Okay. That's that's what's gonna. We're just gonna. I, let me let me pull over. I'll book my flights. I already booked mine. Me we too. Are going to E3, Sean. We're going to E3. We're, we're being so coy. It's yeah, happening. This is we our are. big announcement. It's true. We are going to Xbox Fan Fest. Uh, we are we are very graciously thankful. Uh, we are going to be guests of Xbox Canada. We're going to go to Xbox Fan Fest. We'll be at the Xbox E3 conference. Uh, we're we're piecing together the, some pieces of the puzzle to visit uh, some other people and developers uh, whilst we are there. But Sean, we're going to be in Los Angeles. We're going to Hollywood, baby. I cannot. I got my passport ready. I'm leaving my wife and my kids. <laughs> to go to this thing i can't believe it how this has actually worked out like we've been really treading carefully to not jinx it to Mm -hmm. try and make things work on a number of different fronts from work to family to a whole bunch of stuff that's been going on um Mm -hmm. but the seed was planted quite some time ago and Mm -hmm. these are the types i don't know about you man but these are the types of things that just like the ideas are great and the intentions are good but they never seem to work out but this is real like we have we have every confirmation we need to make this announcement to say that we are going to E3. Oh, yes. Uh, provided good health and good flight times. You and I yep, are going to be flying on in wood. on Saturday, visiting visiting with, with fans of Xbox. If you guys, if anyone's going to be at E3, developer or, or uh, listener, fan, and just gamer in general that, that would love to say hello, we would love that because yeah. this will be, for me, the first time I've experienced something like this. I'm, I'm intimidated. I'm scared to death. I'm excited. <laughs> I'm nervous. I've never, I, I just, I don't do stuff like this. And so for me, I'm just going to do my best to, to soak it all in. We don't even know what type of content we want to create for you yet, guys. We just know we want to have content for you, but in general, we want to simultaneously uh, bring you coverage of things and, Mm -hmm. and reactions that are genuine, but also we want to enjoy ourselves and, and experience this. Um, and it is, Quite seriously, because you guys show up to streams, That's because you sure. follow us on Twitter, and, and most importantly, because you listen to this show. And so I think, Sean, I speak for you and I both when we, when we say thank you. You're much better at it than I am. I'm sitting here listening to you talk about it. I'm picturing our, ourselves at E3, at the briefing. We get to go to the convention. It's We are so fortunate and lucky. I'm filled with gratitude. Um my, I'm just, I'm, I'm looking like an, like an absolute idiot right now because I'm just smiling, like ear to ear, mm-hmm. as we talk about this with this headset mm-hmm. attached to my head as I drive along in my car ball. Um, I mean, yeah, we have so many ideas, we have so many things that we can do while we're there, and uh, yeah, man, I just can't believe that we're gonna be, you know, not watching it <laughs> on a computer screen or, or on a Chromecast or something. Mm-hmm. We're gonna be there. We're gonna, we're gonna, we may be, maybe smell Phil Spencer's musk. We, we have the we potential might. that he gets so excited about something, he spits and it lands on your face. And we couldn't I'm, be happier about it. I'm bringing vitamins and Purell. That's um, a good idea. <laughs> uh, you better believe. And, and if I get sick, I'm pseudofed enough and giving you all the plague. No, yeah, you kidding. wash those um, vitamins th- down with the Purell. I'm, I'm, looking forward to, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know what to expect. Um, if you guys have things that you genuinely want us to try to do, if it's mm-hmm. feasible, we absolutely will. Um, you know, we... 
I think we have rational expectations and irrational expectations. No, I'm totally it's irrational. Pretty... Well, okay. So let's take some of that. All take right. some of that irrationality. When I think about ideas that I have for this E3, like dream scenarios, and we're back to the gaming world, not you and I, but the gaming world here. Okay. Um, I've been playing a lot of Sea of Thieves lately. Yeah. Uh, I dove into the anniversary update. Dove. I did a Ghost Games update on it. I did, yes. Mm-hmm. And I have found this game is, is much improved, and it's impressive. Yeah. And it feels so, so much like uh, Wind Waker content should be in there. You know, oh. when we, it, it just feels like that. There's fishing, there's cooking, uh, similar to Breath of the Wild. There's uh, a visual aesthetic there, and like my dream, likely not going to happen scenario, it is a bit small. But I want to see the collaboration between Microsoft and and Nintendo begin to expand. Whether it's talking about X Cloud hitting Switch, or or maybe there's see if these on the Switch, or maybe even something as small as the Star Fox content for Starlink makes its way into Xbox world. But I want to see that relationship expand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I would, li- I think this E3 is the prime opportunity for both of those uh, first parties to discuss and expand their relationship. If indeed we have things like Ori and Cuphead coming to the switch, man, that that's crazy because I, I started to think, well, like rare sort of is, is the, is the breeding ground for that relationship because right. Right. Like that totally makes sense on a number of different levels. And I think that even as a studio rare would be amenable to that, to that as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm glad to hear that, that the improvements are, are landing well, man. Um, I played just I didn't play long enough with you uh, over the weekend to really form an opinion other than to say that it was great to play with you and just mm-hmm. kind of like hang out and sail around. Um, but mm-hmm. yeah, I don't I don't even know that I played it enough to begin with to uh, or maybe it was just too long ago to really compare and contrast. I can't really remember exactly what it was like. Um, it- it's very much a you need to play with your buddies and you need to dedicate a minimum of, of an hour yeah. and a half to your first play session to realistically understand it. And that is daunting to plenty, but that this game is where it is now is impressive because mm-hmm. I was worried it was going to be given up on. And I think Rare is the right one to bridge this gap. And there's a lot of things falling in place now that weren't a year ago that could allow for a bridge to be built uh, in a number of ways. And I think see if these would be a good catalyst. And maybe I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid because I'm enjoying the game right now. Well, good. But it is it is rare. There's there's good environments for it. It's, it's something nice. I'm liking it. Do you think on that note, do you think, um, like, what are, what are what are Xbox's plans for Rare in the future? Like, we've seen what they do with first-party studios in a lot of ways, with 343 being the Halo factory and the Coalition being the Gears factory and, and so on and so forth. Um, like is rare the Sea of Thieves studio, or do you do you imagine a, a, a near future where they introduce something else? I think for now they need to be the Sea of Thieves studio because yeah. they decided to invest in Sea of Thieves, a, and a year ago they saw the the genuinely. I think worthy outcry of, of frustration from Xbox fans who were like, "Hey." This is a good exclusive. It can't be the exclusive that carries the catalog, right? Yeah. And so they put content teams. They had multiple content teams working. Like as the anniversary update hit, there's content teams, two and three updates that are out that are, they're working on new things. I mean, this brings in a 10-hour campaign with this one. Well, that was started long ago, of course. And so I think for now that the Sea of Thieves studio and – because there is a, a catalog of studios to make content now, and there's less pressure. See if these last year's exclusives, see if these mean them the primary, they were never meant to carry the exclusive banner. 
mm-hmm. they were meant to be um, good supporting cast. And, and that happens sometimes. And um, I'm glad to see it still exists. But I think for now, Rare is that is their 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 main sailing aspect. Yeah, I, oh, good one. Uh, I agree, and it's still early, I think, to tell because those um, the factory sort of descriptor of these studios doesn't really take hold until a couple of games in. So I was really, mm-hmm. we're really looking in the future on that one, but for sure, like they've got to, <laughs> you have to put out at least two of the games for you to be considered uh, the factory type of studio for a certain mm-hmm. certain IP. A good point. A good point made. Uh, what about you? Is there any? I mean, I, I brought up kind of a. Um, per- perhaps preposterous idea of seeing that relationship expand and again I gave you a scenario for it anything in your mind that you are looking that that potentially could happen but really is a long shot I sort of have like two maybe alternatives that I I don't even know if they're I mean that to the whole point of probably not possible I think it would be really incredible we've sort of maybe hinted at this earlier that that Amy Hennig joins the Xbox family in a capa- mm-hmm. one capacity or another, whether she's um, taking on more of a corporate role, or I'd love to see her starting to tell stories in Xbox, and maybe mm-hmm. she maybe she gets a small team. I think a lot of people were waiting for her to join the initiative. And please mm-hmm. cut me off. Did, did something happen with? Her? Is she doing something? Maybe in VR? Did she just announce she was doing something? That's why I'm not sure I if I wanted to even like bring this up. Ryan McCaffrey had a wonderful. Um... A wonderful segment on his, yeah, his podcast. That's what I was trying unfiltered. to think of Thank too. you. Yeah. And for the life of me, it is escaping me whilst we record. I feel like they just um, they said something. So she has been behind the scenes yeah. because she hasn't she hasn't shipped a game in a long time. And I think that's come. I'm okay acknowledging that. Probably just saying, yeah, she hasn't shipped a game in a long time. Is is that still relevant? And I think the answer is yes. Uh, that mm. she has so much to offer the game industry. Um, and so I'd love to see her pop up somewhere, big or small. I do not need. Um, a quad A, triple A experience from great game developers. I just need great games. I I agree. So I sort of have like I sort of have two. So that's my that's my one. The other one that might be only exciting for me and maybe Alex Van Aken is um, Phil Spencer brings out Cliff Blazinski out there, and I know Drew McMillan is just like just cursing right now because there's certain people who really hate that guy. I think that what he did for Xbox is unmistakable undeniable and it changed the course of the 360 with uh with gears of war i think he's one of the most important people in video games of our generation being like the 30 plus year old perhaps um Mm -hmm. and i would love to like have xbox just give him some some free reign to just like come up with something crazy but better than lawmakers (laughs) lawbreakers i mean interesting i'm trying to process my emotions because that's a name that pops up often in our Mm -hmm. in the gaming community and you get very polar reactions and i have polar reactions as a diehard gears fan and and someone who kind of watched that that story unfold and it's a fascinating one i mean they're they're he's he's led an interesting life within the gaming world from being published in uh i think nintendo power with a high score to, to to working on unreal and creating gears um, you know, I, the the phrase that always stands out when I think about someone like Blazinski comes from Gears of War 2, bigger, better, but more badass. Mm-hmm. And then and then like, was that what they would needed? And yeah. then you go into those questions. And and so I don't know that I would necessarily want to see that. I don't know that I'd be upset by it. It would really depend on like many things at this E3, because all eyes are on Microsoft. Uh, it'll very much depend on how it is handled, mm-hmm. the way that they approach certain things. And that is. That, I think, is going to be the narrative that comes from anybody that they walk out on that stage. Are they doing it right? Are they they writing their own narrative and not allowing it to be told for them? 
You know what I'm also thinking about too? That I don't know if this is an E3 thing. It seems that maybe this idea slants more towards like GDC. Um, but as Xbox tries to become more available to more to gamers everywhere, and the mm-hmm. the entire idea of like ID at Xbox is that you can sort of like self publish and and it allows uh, developers of all sizes to to make games. When does um, this is related to Cliffy B and Epic? So tr- um, follow follow with me. When does Xbox start to or or Microsoft create its own engine? that uh, competes with Unreal in that sense. It seems like there's not a lot of engines that really are as um, prolific, I guess, as, as Unreal. There's maybe there Unity. Is. There's a couple. Uni- Unity, Source, and... Yeah, even Source uh, is kind of going. Frostbite, and then... Oh, goodness gracious. Oh, oh Unreal. Those are the, the, the main ones that pop up in your, your common games. Yeah. You know? Um, but there, the only thing I can point out here is that we don't know anything about the slip space engine, which is powering halo six, except that it was built uh, from the ground up because halos one through five were all, uh, patched from the same source code in halo five. There is bits of old original Xbox, uh, code. And so slip space engine was built, uh, ground up for halo six. And so there is potential for what you're what you're seeking there um but my havoc too which i think is a critical aspect of the game development like in terms of physics i just hope that whatever they have whatever they create i hope it is not pigeonholing a developer to a certain thing mandated we saw that we saw the mistake of frostbite with ea and i hope that that is not replicated um by microsoft in the future and i don't see any signs of that happening exactly that's sort of why i bring it up it's it's on brand Like that's the yeah. whole thing is that it, it it makes it available for everyone. It makes and and I could see them not even being uh, that that engine would only be available for PC and Xbox. I could see like here's the thing and and Xbox get a certain cut. They make it appetizing for developers and for their own business model. I just don't mm-hmm. know where that where that type of announcement happens or if that's even anything that they're that they're uh, interested in. But I, I I could see it happening at some point. Indeed, uh, and it's something I had not considered, and a good, good, good topic. Uh, we talked about this very briefly. We had two questions that came in uh, for the pits. Nope, nope, sorry, the carpool. Pardon me. Uh, the carpool questions. First one comes from Seamus McIsaac, famous Seamus himself. Uh, he says, "So I got Game Pass. Any recommendations?" And Sean, we do answer this question quite often. I love it. Um, I said the obvious ones, of course. I think anybody should check out the series of Gears, Wolfenstein's, Halos. Uh, those are available on there. Dooms 1 and 2, Doom 2016 are on there. Rocket League uh, is on there. But then I, I kind of just poked at us to, to think of some that are not kind of the obvious ones. Which ones did you come up with? I we, You mentioned earlier, uh, Skyforce Reloaded is a arcade experience shmup type of game that mm-hmm. you and I both love. A number of, I know, listeners out there have added their, their uh, high scores to the leaderboard, the Friends leaderboard. Ori in the Blind Forest is a game that is far too often overlooked and not mentioned and celebrated by Xbox fans. And if you're new to the Xbox family, then you need to you need to experience that game. It's very special. It's mm-hmm. absolutely gorgeous. Great gameplay. Great story. And um, Rise of the Tomb Raider, probably my favorite in, I dare I say, the entire Tomb Raider series. I think Rise of the Tomb Raider might be the best of the entire franchise. Oh, that is interesting. I dropped in there uh, Wargroove, which is something that we love. Oh, yeah, brand new. Wargroove is a, a great one. Uh, kind of some fun double-A games. Um, the Dead Island games are in there. I like, like that. And then my favorite game series uh, to date across any platform has been the Arkham series and love the it. Return to Arkham 
uh, bundle, which has Asylum and City City in there, that's available to you. And I, I get, oh man, am I hopeful, Sean, for a new Arkham game in D3? Right? I will lose it. I'm gonna. I plan on like tearing up at but least once on our trip. What if it shows up at Sony's? Trip. What if it shows up at Sony's conference? You get it because like they're, yeah, they're not doing I a conference. Get yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. so it'll probably be at Xbox if it's going to happen. Well, I will. I'm, I'm so hopeful, but who knows? Get wrecked, knows? trophy room. Have fun with your E3 yeah. predictions. Uh, <laughs> Love you, Joseph. You hand to go. Oh, sorry, bad bet. I'm throwing shade. It's joking. I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> uh, get wrecked, kids. Yeah. Uh, Drew McMillan. <laughs> We're only slightly excited. Yep. Uh, Drew McMillan asks, uh, what was your first game console and handheld and why? Uh, now, this is not an Xbox specific, but it is fun for, for gaming. And I want to tell you my first gaming console uh, that I owned was a Game Boy uh, mm-hmm. as well. And it was one that we saved up for because we did not. Well, I lived in a household where, where money wasn't um, everywhere. We, had, we, weren't, we weren't hungry, but we had to choose where to spend our money. And we mm-hmm. cho- and my parents chose sports and books, uh, rightly so. Yep. Um, and we found an old NES in my grandfather's closet and he was not a close grandfather he was, he was not a big part of my life and they let they let me take it home and they saw how much i love games and then they waited and waited and waited, and then eventually i got to buy a game boy um and that that was where it all kind of went down man oh did i love it i used to go over to friends houses to steal their video games my mom had to i love to it yes <laughs> the, the video games like they even teach you how to be a bit of a heister as well Dude, you know how I much sold you know, your story sounds like bs though to me Come I'm sorry on. to interrupt, but I gotta I gotta call something out here. Your story of like an NES happened to be in a closet somewhere. Like, why wasn't it connected to the TV? Like, that sounds like that sounds like the, absolute had, bull bullcrap. Well, I had the grandfather that like RV'd around the country and didn't you know, wasn't part of my life, and he was just this dude, right? And and he and his uh, <laughs> his wife just went around the place and just went around the country and like they went and visited gurus, like joking aside. Oh, and, wow. Like, they, they went to go see sites and stuff. And I'm guessing they just got it because it was relevant and they were they didn't really consider grandkids or anything. And, you know, like I got 20 bucks a year from them kind of thing. And then I went and stayed there once <laughs> and it it was crazy because he was also a war veteran. I mean, he saw things. He was it was a really cool dude, um, but it was just there. And so. We brought it out, and that's how they entertained me when I visited, and it was an awkward week because um, I watched the Red Wings play, and I learned to love hockey, and I played a lot of Nintendo. Very cool. I, I, I say that as BS because I remember very specifically when I was in grade three, there was a kid who was a pathological liar. His name was Jonathan B. We'll say Jonathan B. He sure lied about He lied sure about everything. Exactly. I know. That's what he told me. He he lied about everything, and he told us this story that um, not only did he have the the Super Nintendo, but he also had two extras in his garage. Like, and I'm like, okay, so show it to us. And he would go like he would he was so committed to his lie, he walked us out into the garage and he would point at this like pile of stuff, and he's like, it's in there, it's in like it's underneath all that stuff. And I'm like, mm-hmm. what? That's absolute crap. And kids make up lies like that all the time. So it, that's what mm-hmm. you reminded me of just now. Good nostalgia, stupid Jonathan B. Can I tell you a feel good story that's just like on the mind? Yeah. Uh, it, it, it sounds, it just, it warms my heart. So, um, as you know, I'm moving and I've talked about that a couple of times. And I'm very excited to be a homeowner and stuff. My, uh, a friend of mine is a teacher and he's a single dad, two kids, uh, and, and a veteran. It's just like the perfect story. And he's going to help me move. And he's like, his muscles are bigger than my, yeah. my entire head. Um, he can pick up anything. He helped me move last time. And the way that I'm getting to pay him back is, I don't have I have no need for my Xbox One S. So 
I'm going to let him have my Xbox One S. He told me how his kid lit up when he found out that his dad was going to be bringing him an Xbox no One S. No way. Dude, I'm so excited to give this thing to him because I have my my X and I'm very, very fortunate in my life that I get to have an X and, and I had an extra S. Like, right. What a lucky thing. Yeah. So you're talking about multiple X. This is a gift that I get to now pay for it. So it's a neat little like I'm just so excited to gift this to him. How cool is that? Right. I, that is awesome, man. That is a feel good story. I love it. Yeah. Lincoln will yeah, never it, experience that. Because you're gonna have every system and four. You're gonna have three TVs in your living room when yeah. he when, when he's able to to get straight A's or something. It's Pretty much. Happen. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. It's gonna be something we're gonna have to. It's a line we're gonna have to walk for sure. I ain't mad at you, bro. I wish I hadn't done that voice. I regret it. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Thanks. Oh, geez. Oh man, this was a good time, man. I'm so glad we got to tell people. Very cool. We. I, I almost let it slip on a couple times on stream, man. I may even have done it. I'm not even sure. Sometimes I don't even know what I'm saying. But we're going to E3. We, we, are, are, we are three shows away from E3. We got a great, is that it? Is that actually, is that a, I, I just said that. Is that actually a truth, true statement? We're three shows away from actually being in E3? I think that's the case. Yes. We're both going up. I still have Wi-Fi during my week transition, but yes. Oh my gosh, yeah. dude. Yeah, what a, what a lucky couple of guys we are. Dude, I'm I'm ecstatic and thankful and nervous and I'm I'm so I'm just ripe with emotion and I don't know how to contain it. This is going to be a very new experience for me and so I would love to meet the right people. I'm also going to need to I'm going to need some alone time shot. I'm just going to need to like collect my thoughts and and whatnot at night. I'm so excited and and oh, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. An easy way to maybe uh, keep your excitement in, in containment is uh, to understand that we're going to share a bathroom. It might, it might be a little. You're stinky. gonna suffer. Might you be a little suffer. Yep. Poor guy. Yeah. That's all right, like man. A good way to end it. Oh, jeez. All right, Mega Dads. What? All right. Yeah. That's it for me. Thank you for listening, everybody. Find me on Mixer. Oh yeah, plugs. Slash Insipid Ghost, or on Twitter at MLS Reserves. I just put out another Ghost Games update, and you'd be surprised those when you guys retweet and like that. Um, people look at those, and it means the world when you when you guys do. So thank you so much. And Sean, I crossed 500 on Mixer a little while ago, and I don't know if I told you that, and I was really excited. Well <laughs> deserved, man. Yeah, everybody should be checking out over at Mixer. And between the two of us, we got we got streaming happening all the time. We got this show happening all the time. We're gonna put your uh, ghost up game up. Damn it! I hate that I can't remember it's almost like it's a bad name it. don't no, you it's not it's perfectly fine who doesn't just, have a great name I'm just dumb and they I'm gonna put it at the end of the branding <sighs> so stupid oh my gosh id at ghost games brand one the foot in my five. mouth tastes disgusting <laughs> follow me on twitter at sean capri sean like connery capri like the pants uh follow me on on twitch i am nowhere even close to luke so if you guys could help me at least catch up to my my advanced streamer over there uh give me a follow at twitch.tv slash sean capri and if you want to keep the lights on and gas in the tank you can uh, throw a dollar in the tip jar over at patreon.com slash yumi capri neither one of those people is luke i guess i should be clear about that <laughs> it's true yumi is it and capri yumi, yumi, it's Cap- yumi capri is the url but the the yeah speaking of bad branding yumi and capri well, is that the name plug of it. up the other yeah. day you me Capri. That's all right. Joel Brooks found his way over. Annie Penizik found his way over. It's a uh, it's a lovely thing that's happening. Thank you to everybody who's uh, shown up and and uh, filled the filled the tip jar. It's amazing. I love that you call it gas in the tank. Right? It's perfect. I need some gas money. You're supposed to fill in. 
I think I'm just going to leave it at that. That's per I love Hey everyone, Ghost here with another Ghost Games update. And recently I have taken a dive back into the world of Rare's Sea of Thieves. Now as a lapsed player, I went back in having not experienced a number of the subsequent updates prior to the anniversary update. And in going back in, what I found was the world, while beautiful a year ago, has only gotten more vibrant and more exciting. There are colored uh, jewels, the, the, there is wildlife, there is a, a special sense of style that comes with Sea of Thieves that looks far more alive than I remember it being a year ago. In diving back into the anniversary update, a number of other things are quite apparent within game mechanics. Things like fishing uh, and cooking exist, and they feel almost Zelda-esque. Uh, in fact, you could almost imagine this as a, a Wind Waker reboot in the Breath of the Wild style in a little bit of a way. Uh, and I found that to be extremely fun. It is still Sea of Thieves at its core. You are still a pirate going out on missions to gather treasure and plunder and do ship-to-ship -ship battles. You'll swim around. The wildlife, as I mentioned, uh, was wonderful. I was being attacked by sharks, and I was seeing snakes, of course, and uh, chickens, and then uh, you, of course, fight skeletons. It is the standard Sea of Thieves combat, um, but enjoyable. I also have to mention that for someone who is more traditionally single player, there is now content in there. There is a nearly nine plus hour story that is voice acted uh, and has cutscenes throughout the game uh, called the Shores of Gold. And you exercise those through tall tales. And while better with a party, I mean, this is definitely a game where you want to have two people or more, you can play it solo. And I found plenty of enjoyment with that, as I am wont to do with a number of games. Combat has also been emphasized in the arena, and diving into the arena is ship-to-ship is -ship combat specific stuff uh, with a Sea of Thieves twist, and I found that to be enjoyable as well. All in all, in looking back, Sea of Thieves has grown in a number of ways, and whereas I would have thought they might throw in the towel, they have only made this game better, and this is absolutely worth your time. If there was something for you just a little bit in the initial Sea of Thieves launch, now there is a whole world for you to explore, and I encourage you to do that. That's it for me. Check me out on Mixer.com slash InsipidGhost or on the Xbox Drive podcast. Take care, everybody.